want to talk about Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. So we've been talking about who Jesus is. We've been telling you all he's Savior, he's Lord, he's Master, he's Healer, he's Provider. He's the Alpha, he's the Omega, he's the beginning, he's the end. He is, hallelujah, oh my goodness. He is everything you need and he tells, he's the way, he's the truth, he is the life, hallelujah. Glory to God. And then Sunday night for saturation meeting, in case you didn't, uh, weren't here, Jesus is the king. I mean, you know, he's the soon coming king. And so this is, an, this is a side of Jesus that I knew absolutely nothing about when I first came out of the, the denominational church over into, uh, you know, uh, Pentecost, charismatic, word of faith, whatever you want to label it. Um, I didn't really know him as this, but this part of Jesus changed my life forever. After I got born again, being baptized in the Holy Ghost and receiving the fire of God really changed my life. And so I just want to dig right in. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John the Baptist said this. He said in Matthew 3, 11, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he, talking about Jesus, that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You and I and most people who are believers are familiar with water baptism. Remember water baptism. It's part of the foundational doctrines of Christ. And it talks about baptisms, plural. It's got an S on it. Why? Well, there's water baptism. First of all, there's baptism into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit baptizes you. That word baptize means to fully immerse. Not a dabble, do you? It means fully immersed. Okay, so when, the whole, when you're born again, you're not partially saved. You are, you are saved, saved. You are fully saved. Washed by the blood of Jesus, baptized into the, placed into the body of Christ. How I many know oh, that's amazing? And then he says, do something outwardly. What does he tell us to do outwardly? Well, he says, uh, after you're born again, he says, go water, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Throughout the book of Acts, we see them water baptized in the name of Jesus. What is baptism? It is to be fully immersed. That's what I tell people. You know, different uh, Christian uh, religious sides of Christianity uh, do sprinkling. Sprinkling, you're not going to find it anywhere in the Bible. It's not a type. It is a full baptism. So you can't, you can't water baptize a baby. That would be, you can't fully immerse a baby. There's no need to. And so that's really a form of what we call baby dedication. It's different. So if that's all that's ever happened to you, if you're born again, you need to be water baptized. I'll meet you right behind there. there there's, there's, there's a place right there, and you need to be water baptized. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. I'm not doing it to be politically correct. I'm just saying that's the way I see it. I see Jesus said it. I see how they did it in the book of Acts. So in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name, you go fully under. Hallelujah. Never lost anybody. Hallelujah. Came close not very long ago to losing somebody. But, you know, it's just, you know, we get you back up. Hallelujah. 
And then today, so I went over those because baptisms is a part of um, Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost baptizes you in the body of Christ. A minister baptizes you in the water. And when you come up, you come up in the likeness of him in his resurrection power. But, the, but baptism of the Holy Ghost is very important. And so I want you to notice it says the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. So we're going to look at this. But my emphasis today, how many of you know, after you're born again, there is a subsequent experience called the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I am not ashamed of Jesus. I am not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you quite boldly and everybody watching, I speak in tongues. Hallelujah. I don't just do it by myself. I just do it. Hallelujah. It is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. It is not for just Pentecost. It is not just for some certain amount of people. It is for everyone that is born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. Jesus is smarter than you are. And Jesus said believers will speak with other tongues. It is not salvation. But you ought to get everything that Jesus provided for you. You ought to get physical healing. You ought to get provision. And you ought to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need it for the last days because Jesus is smarter than you are. Yeah, but there is no buts. It's in the Word of God, and you need to believe that. And you, and you need to have that because you need it for these last days. You need everything that God has for you. Those of you who are filled, are you grateful? For the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, to be, people say, well, that's controversial. It's not. It's biblical. It's scriptural. Religion will cause controversy. Scripture never causes controversy. It just causes you to get what God has for you. So it says here, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And so the word and is a conjunction, right? And it brings the two of them together. Yes, I'm going to sing it. Conjunction, junction. What's your function? It causes but It's peanut butter and jelly. You can't have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without the jelly. Or just be a peanut butter sandwich. And when they're together, the reason it's peanut butter and jelly, for those of you who don't like jelly, uh, it's good together. I don't want me just a jelly sandwich. I want a peanut butter with Jif. On white bread. That I don't eat anymore. Hallelujah. That's why I stopped for a moment. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and fire. So let's look at the fire um, part of this. Because some people, when they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, they get tongues. But tongues is just an evidence. You should have got so much more than that. And I think part of that is what's missing in the body of Christ. It's the fire of God. This is what I know about God. God has always talked about himself as fire. Now, fire is neither good nor bad. just depends on what you use it for. Because a lot of people talk about, when they talk about fire in the word of God, they're thinking of God's judgment. But that word, too, judgments. You can go to court and get a good judgment as well as you can get a bad judgment. You can get a judgment for a million dollars for you, or you can get a a judgment of a million dollars against you. Just decide. Just depends on what side of it you're on. Judgment is not a bad thing. God gives judgments out all the time. 
You and I are supposed to judge. So there's good judgments, there's bad judgments. So fire is not always bad. Fire can keep you warm. Fire can lead you. Fire can purify some things. Fire can cook your steak. But fire can also destroy your home. It just depends on what the fire does. And so as it is with God, he, remember when he led the children of Israel? By day he was a pillar, a cloud, and everybody likes that one because it's like the glory of God. But he led them by a pillar of fire at night, still the glory of God. The glory didn't change, just the manifestation of it changed. And so God wants you to know him. He wants you to know the fire side of him. Because we need the fire side of him for the last days. Now, I want, I want to give you some scripture. You know this, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4 talks about, For our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews 12, 29. You want to know why out there the coffee house is called 1229? Here it is. For our God is a consuming fire. How many know, so God's a, what kind of fire is God? A consuming fire. How many you know when Moses was let, wasn't there like a fire in the bush? Yet it didn't burn it up. When God does an earthquake, nothing is destroyed. Just everybody's prisons, bands were loosed. Are you with me? So when God does things, he doesn't destroy. Overall, when God does things, he, doesn't, he didn't destroy the prison in an earthquake. Everybody just went free. Uh, the, when the fire it didn't consume the bush, it was just leading. Your God is a consuming fire. Everybody say, my God is a consuming fire. Woo, hallelujah. And then Ezekiel prophesies forward about Jesus. It's not going to take a lot of time with this. Ezekiel 1.27. It says, And I saw as the color of amber and the appearance of fire round about and within it, from the appearance of his loins even upward and the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw if it were the appearance of fire and the brightness round about. Ezekiel chapter 8 verse 2. Then I beheld in low likeness of the appearance of fire. From the appearance of his loins even downward fire. From his loins even upward and the appearance of brightness of the color of amber. Revelations chapter 1. Verses 14 through 15, talking about Jesus, his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as flames of fire. And his feet were likened unto brass, and they burned in the furnace, and his voice was the sound of many waters. Our God is a consuming fire. The picture you get of Jesus from Ezekiel prophesying forward and even in Revelation is that Jesus is fire from the loins down and, from, and all the way up. Our God is a consuming fire. Why, why is that? Why is that? Why, what is this baptism of fire? I didn't want to jump ahead, but I'm going to jump ahead. Um, yeah, I'm going to do it a little different. So let's look at Matthew chapter 3 again. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 3. Verse 10 says, And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Everybody say repentance. How I many know repentance is a gift? Remember, we've been talking about this on Wednesday night some. Repentance is important. 
I think a lot of times in modern church, repentance has been removed because it means you've got to actually uh, be sorry for something and change. And everybody, Pastor Robert said it today, everybody in church today is trying to fit God in their life instead of fitting our lives in God. In order to walk with him, when we mess up, when we sin, we must repent. Well, no, you only have to do that once. Well, tell that to the church in Revelation. That's part of the church. Repentance is necessary. When you sin and call it sin, you must repent. Who is repentance for? God doesn't need it. You need it. It makes, and, and, and it's not, my mammal said what? What did mammal say? Mammal said, sorry is as sorry does. I really never understood it. But if you really repent, then you'll change. How do you change? By the word of God and the help of the Holy Ghost. Not in your own flesh. So he said, I indeed baptize you as water with the repentance, but it comes after me this mightier than I, whose uh, shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And so, whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up with the chaff with unquenchable fire. So the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Now listen, a lot of non-Pentecostal people who don't understand the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there is a truth to this and there's dual truth here. Sometimes in scripture there's dual application, dual truth. So it's talking about wheat and chaff. It's talking about Jesus, and Luke's gospel even talks about it too. He has a winnowing fork. What is that? You take the fork on the harvest, uh, when the grain comes in, and you throw it up in the air, and the chaff is blown away, or they use fire to burn the chaff away because the wheat is what they want. And so they say in the end that the wheat will remain, which is you and I who are born again going to heaven, and the chaff would be the heathen or that not being born again. And I think there's truth to that. But also, the dual application is that you got some chaff in your life. And you all be lying if you don't. And it's called your flesh. And the real you, the grain, is covered by the chaff, which is your flesh. And you better do something with that flesh, or that flesh will do something with you. And the best thing to do, the funnest, most funnest, I know it's not in good English, but the most funnest and the easiest is let the get the, get the fire of God on it. The same spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead will quicken your mortal flesh in context that has to do with sin. But you need the fire of God. I need the fire of God. Y'all with me? Our God is a consuming fire. So there's dual application here. I believe in the end, yes, the believers are going to separate separated from the unbelievers at the great white throne judgment. And the Bible talks about how that those who are not born again are going into the lake of fire. But I think the most the 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 predominant translation of this would be, and I told you that because you know the baptism people will say, well, the baptism maybe somebody it's important for you today. Well, the baptism in the fire is not what we want. That's for everybody else. Well, I believe it's dual. And I don't believe that at the end it's really a baptism of fire. It's because they chose wrong. Fire in a wrong way is coming. 
But I think for you and I who have chose correctly, Jesus, he's a consuming fire. And he needs to get some chaff off you. Hallelujah. He needs to get some impurities out of your life. So this is what happens when the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire is around people. I know it did it for me personally, and it's continuing to do it. How many of you know the fire of God is not meant for one event in your life? Amen? The, the fire of God is not meant for just one moment in your life. The baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence speaking of tongues, that's just the beginning. But you should have many uh, staying full. You should have many in feelings. You should have many encounters. And I'm not talking about feeling. I'm not talking about the Holy Ghost doodads. I'm not talking about just running around the room. Fire is something that's there. It's, it's evident in your life. It, it's something, you, the power of God is something you sense. And thank God for the fire of the Holy Ghost. What does the fire of the Spirit of God do in your life? Number one, it'll bring reverence and awe for God Almighty. So one of the things about fire and the Holy Ghost fire, it brings reverence and awe. We already looked at part of it. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, 28. We receive, uh, 12, 28, wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we serve God accepted with reverence and godly fear for our God. Then it goes right into 29, not just pulling 29 out. For our God, it, how do we serve him? Go back to 28. We serve God acceptably with reverence. Reverence. Reverence is not always quietness. Reverence is just doing whatever God's doing. Reverence is respecting the Almighty. Reverence is respecting God. Reverence is respecting his word. Reverence is obeying him. Reverence is following him. Reverence doesn't always mean quiet. You can be irreverent being quiet while the spirit of God is being poured out and everybody's running in the room. And you're sitting there like these people are stupid. You're irreverent. I know you, you may not like that, but that's what it means. Well, no, reverence just means pious. Well, pious can mean religious. Be, be careful. Be careful. Be careful that if you don't understand something, not to talk against it until you have some more understanding of it. Because when he said to us, my little children, he wasn't kidding around. When I get to be 120 years old, I'll still be his little children because I won't know near enough compared to God. So if you don't understand something, be careful. Amen? Are you with it? Everybody say reverence. So godly, the fire of God should call, cause reverence. Well, there's not much reverence in the church, Pastor Mark. Then maybe there's not enough fire. Well, that's up to God. Not really. You don't get baptized in the Holy Ghost until you want to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, if he wants me to speak in tongues, he'll make me. No, he won't. He didn't make you get saved. He won't make you get healed. He won't make you get blessed. He won't make you get filled. If I ever run around the room, it'll be me. No, it won't. It'll be you inspired by the Holy Ghost. If I ever jump it down, it'll be all God. It won't be all God. It'll be you yielding to God. If I ever praise with a loud voice, if I ever, you know, it's like this. Well, if I ever, if God wants me to lift my hands, he'll do it for me. How silly. Reverence. The other thing the fire of God will do, ooh, it did this in me and it's still doing it. Is it doing this in you? Malachi chapter 3, talking about Jesus 
And he shall sit, Malachi chapter 3, verse 2. And he shall sit as a refiner's. As a refiner. Jesus shall, shall, shall sit as a refiner. How many know that Jesus, in his resurrection, in his ministry today, he's the high priest? He's the high priest of the tithe and the order of Melchizedek over your tithe and offering. He's the high priest of your profession or confession. He's the high priest ever living to make intercession for you. He's the high priest of a better covenant and watching over this covenant that he's made uh, for us with Father God. Jesus is doing something today. Amen. And one of the things he's doing, it says in, in Malachi 3, 2, it says, And he shall sit as a refiner and the purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that, and who may abide in his coming? And who shall stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and fuller's soap. I don't know which one we're out of there. Maybe that's four. Who shall abide at the day of his coming? Who shall stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and fuller's soap. Oh, I got them backwards. Hallelujah. Anyway, it's good. Everybody say, Jesus is the fire of God, and he is a refiner. The thing about being refined as a human being is you got to be willing. Because this is what happens. I'm just being practical with you today when it comes to spiritual things. Lord, change me. Lord, change me. I want to do whatever you want me to do. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to live free and righteous and holy. Lord, change me. Go to a saturation meeting. Get hands laid on you. Experience the power of God. Well, I'm busy. But Lord, change me anyway. Or you get in a service and the power of God's there. And so you step into the power of God or somebody lays hands on you. And you might even feel the Holy Ghost doodads. I like the Holy Ghost doodads. I like them. But when they come, they often come with dealings. And so... You know, you're up, Woo, that was good. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. And then on the way back to your seat, he'll be like, stop this. Don't do that anymore. Talk nicer to her. She's my daughter. Be sweet to him. He ain't perfect, but he's my son. Stuff like that. Quit talking about your boss behind his back. Stuff like that. Hallelujah. And so what happens then, and you'd be like, hmm, you got a choice right then. Do you want to continue, will the fire get hotter? Because see, this is what happens with fire. Y'all know when they purify gold and silver, what do they do? They heat it up, they heat it up, they heat it up. What happens? The impurities do what? What you got to do? You got to scrape that stuff off. What happens, what, <laughs> what happens if you don't scrape it off? It's still impure. 
And so what a lot of people do, and, and I'm not going to talk about you, I'm going to talk about me. So when, when it happens to me sometimes, so what do you want to do? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll try to change that. But when you try to do something instead of just doing something and just obeying, what you do is you pull away from the fire. Because the fire is always reminding you to change this. He sits as a refiner. Oh, we're talking about getting rid of the chaff. So the grain will be there. The good stuff will be there. I know, uh, you just pretend like he's talking to me today, and you all, because I know you all are good, but just say you got, let's just say you got a little chaff in your life. What's one of the best ways to get rid of it? Get in the fire. When, when you get in the fire, the Lord's going to deal with you. And so when he deals with you, what are you going to do? You got to get your scooper, your tongue, and you got to say, Lord, I repent of that. Forgive me of that. Um, uh, by the help of the Holy Ghost and the word of God, and maybe even an accountability partner, I'm not going to do that anymore. Praise the Lord. So what happens? That's how you get purified. The ba- Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. The Lord's never going to ask you to do anything with your willpower. He's going to want you to do it with God power. Because if it's with willpower, you get the credit. But with God power, he gets the credit. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Fuller's soap, just a little comment. Y'all remember, y'all remember lava? Do they still sell that? I grew up on a farm. Sometimes you had to have lava soap. It was the rough stuff. It didn't leave your hands supple, and it, 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 but it got rid of all the mess. That's what Jesus is like. Fuller's soap. Aren't you glad he can clean us up? He made us righteous. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. So once again, we Matthew, you know, 11, uh, 3, 11, 12. He burns up the chaff. He burns up the chaff. I double dog dare you to pray this. But don't pray it if you don't mean it. I'm not even going to have you lift your hand. Lord. I'll wait. Okay. Lord, burn up the chaff in my life. That's not, that's not hard for him to answer. It's going to be a quick one. He'll start pointing things out. But you don't have to do it on your own. You can't. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for fire. Hallelujah. You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Acts 1.8 says that after you receive power, the Holy Ghost comes on you. You'll be, you'll be a witness. I'm telling you, in the hour we live in, Jesus needs you and me to be a witness like never before. A witness of what? The resurrection. A witness of what? God's power is real. So many in the church, and I'm including the religious church, they're questioning, is God real? People are pulling away. By the thousands, churches are closing, but the Holy Ghost Church is thriving. I said the Holy Ghost Church is thriving. It's time for the real. It's time for the real. Who's real? Jesus is real. What's real? The fire is real. 
He is the best. And what will this reality do? It'll cause you to be a witness. A witness of what? The resurrection. Jesus is alive. You know, um, back in Kings, 1 Kings, remember when the children of Israel were backslidden once again, and we can't, we can't belittle them because, you know, people have, all around us have mess. We have mess sometimes. The children of Israel were backslidden again. But I like this. Remember Elijah went to them, and he said in the middle of a drought, the God who answers by fire, let him be God. And you remember what happened? They called on their God and there was nothing. Religion will not produce the fire of God. It cannot. But only the living God, who is our God, is a consuming fire. Jesus is a fire from his loins down and his waist up. Our God is a consuming fire. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, there will be a witness about you. But also that witness then, what is that from? Remember when our God is, you know, fire came down, licked up the offering, all that. And then the people, they, after the fire fell, they turned back to God. They repented and they said, God, he is God. Listen to me. The fire of God on our lives right now will produce some things in other people's lives. So the Lord is asking you to get on fire. No, he needs you to be on fire. Not one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. He needs us to be on fire. I know that all these two, three years, God's, you know, things are going on everywhere. But I also know that he's dealing with individuals. We're, the, the church, God is doing some things in the midst of all this stuff. One of the things he wants is he wants his church to be on fire. He wants his church to be real. He wants his church to have the power of the book of Acts. And, and, and so we need to cooperate in the book of Acts. They saw the fire of God. That's how the church started. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. It's interesting. Oh, my gosh. I don't have, like, an, like a rushing mighty wind. And cloven tongues liken unto fire. Well, liken unto fire, meaning that something that felt like fire dropped on them. People say, well, it was just likened unto fire. It's how it looked when it fell. They didn't see tongues falling on top of them. It was likened unto cloven tongues of fire because there was something with it that was very weighty, and they knew God as a consuming fire. But it's interesting what gets rid of chaff, wind or fire? Both. Sometimes you see the winnowing fork lifted up and throw the grain up in the air on the threshing floor and the wind alone will blow it away. Sometimes that's not enough and so they burn up the chaff with fire. The baptism of the Holy Ghost and with fire is supposed to, one of the major things it's supposed to do is get rid of the chaff in your life and in my life. So if I'm, having, if I'm feeling very chaffy, I'm acting very chaffy. What should I do? I need a dip in the fire. I should pull closer to the fire. I should pull closer to God. I should get more in the word. The Bible says in Jeremiah, three different places, don't have time to go there, but the word of God is like fire. Amen. 
The word of God, uh, Jeremiah 23, 29, is not my word like fire and said the Lord like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces. Amen. So the word of God, what's it going to do? It's going to break things off your life. It's going to break things off my life. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. If you continue in my word, which is like fire, it'll keep that stuff off of you. If chaff is getting on me, I don't need to run away from God and go be my chaffy self. I need to come back to God, get in the fire on a regular basis, have somebody lay hands on me, lay hands on myself, do something where I can get into the fire of God. And when the fire starts refining me, say, okay, Lord, I'll fix that. I'll change that. I'll be obedient to you because I want to be a witness. I want to change somebody else's life. Amen. My God is a consuming fire. Amen. And when the old covenant, when the fire fell, they turned back to God and they said, God, he is God. And I believe that can happen with your life and my life. Amen. What do we got to do? Well, we got to wind her down. That's what we got to do. Let me see if I have any notes that I can pick up anywhere. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. All throughout the Old Covenant, like in Leviticus, you can see that when they offered the animal sacrifice, when um, God made a covenant with Abram, when the animals were offered, he many times answered by fire and he consumed the the fire consumed the offering in Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 we are to do what we are offer our bodies the body is what as i've been talking to you about the body is the chaff The spirit then would be the real you, the wheat. We're to offer our bodies. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. Is that the real you? No. It's just the house you live in. But that house can give you a lot of problems. How many know once you're a homeowner, you've got to upkeep your house? How? Offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Offer your bodies a living sacrifice. First time I ever heard Pastor Rhonda say this, it amused me. She says, the only problem with the living sacrifice is it tries to get off the altar. How many know, you're not, you know, we're supposed to kill our flesh, but not literally. We're supposed to keep it under, right? But the only problem with the living sacrifice is the living sacrifice wants to get off the altar. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Now, that has to do with renewing your mind. But I will say this, that if you're not transforming, you are conforming. And the devil's main thing right now is to get you to conform. It's all over media, social media, even Christians, everybody. 
listen to me. One of the things I'll tell you to do is don't conform to the world. But if you're not transforming, you are conforming. And the hour that we live in, what is one of the best ways not to be conformed? Yes, renew your mind, but offer your body a living sacrifice. Jesus is the baptizer, the full immerser of the Holy Ghost and fire. And so I invite you this year and in the rest of this year and next year, be very mindful of the fire of God. Be very mindful of the presence of God. Do anything and everything you can do to get yourself individually in the presence of God and corporately in the presence of God. It's really important. Why? Well, it'll just help you because it'll help you get rid of the chaff. But it'll also turn you into that witness that you long to be and that God needs you to be right now. So everybody in the room stand. I'm going to pray over you today. Sunday morning, it's hard to do. And I'm not really inspired to do it. I would do it if the Holy Ghost told me to do it. I'm not going to lay hands on everybody in the room today. But I believe in the doctrine of laying on hands. I firmly believe in it. I believe that it's important. And I believe as you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you can have initially to get filled with the Holy Ghost, you can get hands laid on you. I'll tell you this, if you're in this room today and you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, you're born again, you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, we got prayers that will help you get filled today. You ought not leave here today unless you're full, full, full to overflowing. Amen. And so they'll pray for you. But I, but, but right now, I'm going to have you do something different. I remember this one time I was watching this minister on TV, and he was talking about, and the Lord uses him in words of knowledge. And he had a word of knowledge, and he was currently having those symptoms in his body. And he felt led of the Spirit to lay his hands on himself while he saw himself being used in the Spirit, recorded. And he said, it was weird, but I laid hands on me, and I got healed. As God was using me through the TV, I laid hands on me and I got healed. How many of you know it's not you? It's the Spirit of God. And I can lay hands on you, but you got two hands. And so just as an act of the Word of God, I believe in the doctrine of laying on of hands. And I know most of the time it's from another person. But right now, I want you to lay your hand on you. And I want you to say this, Father God... I believe in the doctrine of laying on of hands. I believe in the doctrine of baptisms. And Lord, I thank you for baptizing me in the Holy Ghost and fire. I receive the fire of God to reverence you. I receive the fire of God so I can be purified. I receive the fire of God so that I can be changed. I receive the fire of God so I can be a witness. I believe that I am changed by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Lord, consume me with your fire. From the top of my head, to the soles of my feet. I thank you for the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. In Jesus' name.
Amen.